0: Welcome to the April 2023 episode of RCV Clips, our podcast about all things ranked choice voting. I'm Kelly, a member of the Resource Center staff. In today's episode, I'll be talking with Sam McGinty, an RCV advocate from Vermont, about BPERG, his work in Vermont, and frequently asked questions in legislative sessions. Hey, Sam, thank you so much for being willing to join us today.
1: Hey, Kelly, so glad to be here. Thank you for having me on.
0: Sure. So let's kind of start at the beginning. You're from Vermont. How did you get involved in election reform, particularly RCV in your home state?
1: It's a great question. My first connection with electoral reform probably had to do with VPERG, the organization that I work for. So a big part of our organization being a grassroots-oriented group is we have this large-scale summer canvas that goes door-to-door all over the state of Vermont, typically speaking on one particular issue that the organization is focusing on, and we're a rural state. So these people are going on bicycles up into the backwoods of Vermont, and that's where I grew up. And I was probably, I don't know, 12 or 13, and I remember when a canvasser came to my house talking about one of the issues that the state was focusing on and the organization was working on. And at the time, I was like, you know, what is this person doing all the way out here? And the more I, I thought about it, I, I realized that it was really cool. I mean, it in a lot of ways, it is a different form of democracy and engagement about really bringing the issues that are most important to Vermonters and what's happening in our state directly to people's doorsteps. And so when I was in college, I, I studied political science and I was looking for summer jobs in my first year. And I was like, oh yeah, that that organization, VPIRG. And I, I ended up working for them doing the summer canvas and that's kind of how I got my start. And when I graduated school, I came back to the organization and worked full time. And right when I joined, we were working on a municipal campaign to bring ranked choice voting back to Burlington, Vermont's largest city.
0: You know, that's that's interesting that talking about the canvassing, I did some political campaign management, and it was up in the mountains of North Carolina, probably similar communities to you know Vermont, very rural. And those of us who were from the area were trusted messengers, and um, it was easier for us to encourage people to listen and understand the things that we were doing. And I think it's wonderful that this sort of started when you were you know a teenager looking at how this is working in action. That's pretty cool. So you gave us a little bit of info about RCV in Vermont. But tell me a little bit more about the history of ranked choice voting in that area.
1: Certainly. Well, Vermont has a long history with ranked choice. You know, around 2005, 2006, Burlington was one of the first cities to adopt ranked choice voting in kind of like the modern wave of adoption. And there wasn't many cities at the time in the U.S. who were using the system. And uh, in Burlington, they used it for One mayoral election in 2006, and then again in 2009. And then shortly after that election, voters repealed it. There was a three-way race. It was a a heated competition. And for various factors, voters were really discontent with uh, the electoral outcome and the winning candidate. Um, even though he was an incumbent, he became very unpopular once he was in office and uh, voters chose to repeal ranked choice voting. And a big thing for us was, you know, being able to change the narrative of ranked choice voting, not only in Burlington, but throughout the state. And so in 2019, uh, the organization started getting the gears going for support for a number of city councilors who are looking to make the move to bring ranked choice voting back to mayoral races and city council races. But at the time and with the dynamics from, you know, the 2009 election with the mayoral race, they chose to move forward with an implementation just for city council elections. That passed in the city council, but the mayor vetoed it. Um, And it was supposed to appear on a November ballot. Typically, ballot questions are voted on in March on town meeting day. So the city council came back, put it back on the ballot for March. And that's when I basically joined the organization in January, right when we were starting to go full steam ahead for helping get this ballot question across the finish line. That vote was really popular. Ranked choice voting passed with over 64 percent of the vote back in 2021. And since then, it's been used uh, in a couple elections and has been voted to be expanded this past March to include the mayoral race, school board commissioners and ward election officials.
0: Wow. It's it's almost like a ranked choice voting soap opera, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) A little bit. (laughs) Lots of history with ranked choice voting in Burlington. So tell me a little bit more. So you guys have introduced a bill in Vermont. That would be statewide. And um, how did the city of Burlington use impact or shape that bill?
1: Yeah, it's a really good question. I mean, Burlington is Vermont's largest city. So in some ways, new ideas are sometimes kind of like tested out. And Burlington can sometimes kind of push the envelope a little bit in terms of what is possible for reform. They show that it can be done and then, you know, the state may look to adopt it. We've seen this to be the case a lot with uh, environmental reforms and issues for for climate action, for example. And so by no means was uh, success in Burlington going to, you know, win us a, a statewide campaign. But we really, really were able to use it as an example of, hey, this is doable in Vermont. Vermont voters really enjoyed being able to have the opportunity to rank their candidates. And they saw a lot of benefits from it, too. Um, So we were able to take some knowledge from that and kind of build support more broadly outward. But even before this year, we had worked on a statewide ranked choice voting bill that would have put RCV in place for presidential primary and then the primary in general for federal races in Vermont. That bill stalled last year. But through that process, we learned that there was really the broadest amount of support by focusing in on the presidential primary. You know, in Vermont and and in many states, the presidential primary is printed on a separate ballot. So from an elections administrative standpoint, it's a bit easier to deal with. You don't have to worry about having an RCV race next to a, a plurality election. It also occurs on town meeting day in March, so there's not other you know really big contests besides the local races happening at that time. So from clerk and voter education standpoint, you can really focus in uh, making sure that that election goes as smoothly as possible. And so from the outset, when we were building support for this legislation going back from last year and heading into this session, we really wanted to implement it for the. Uh, next presidential primary in March of 2024. That was our goal. But um, really early on, we we heard concerns from the clerks and from the Secretary of State's office, who were worried about having a rushed implementation for 2024 in, in an election that was less than a year out. And truth be told, that's why we were pushing for it last year, so that we could have a longer runway and you know, we could have voter education and clerk education and really feel confident going into the election. So this bill was a, is a clean bill when it was introduced, just the 2024 presidential primary. And we quickly realized that that was untenable. So we, we shifted gears and we, we had some really strong leadership in the Vermont Senate. Uh, the chair of the Senate Government Operations Committee, which is the committee of jurisdiction for this bill, was also the chief sponsor. Um, and the, her her vice chair was one of the co-sponsors and is a true RCV advocate, and they didn't want this bill to die, so they changed strategies, gave a longer timeline, focusing in again on the tw- on the presidential primary, but implementing in, in 2028. But they threw in a couple other aspects to this too, including uh, a local options provision. So. In Vermont, any local charter change that's voted on by the people or by uh, select boards has to get approved in the Vermont legislature before it can become law, and that's a lengthy process. Sometimes it takes two years for these charter changes to be passed and implemented, and this local option would basically allow Vermont cities to implement RCV in local elections pending a local vote of support. And that could begin in 2024, so basically a year from now. And the idea behind that would be to, you know, empower more local municipalities to implement, kind of get accustomed to how RCV works, all while focusing on 2028 and kind of getting that process going. And then the last part of this bill is a summer study to look at what other elections statewide could be ripe for implementation beginning in 2026, actually. So we'll see w- what that comes with. And it would be great if we can see more elections with uh, RCV in 2026 statewide in Vermont. But for right now, this bill would put in place ranked choice for the 2028 presidential primary, and we'll go from there.
0: You know, it's, it's interesting to me in advocacy, which we don't do really at here at the Resource Center. We're here to provide information for advocates But, you know, sometimes when you have to make a pivot, it it results in a better outcome for RCV like this seems to have done in Vermont. So um, that's exciting. I want to go back just a little bit, because one of the things we say around here is that the only thing that is true about election administration across the U.S. is that it's different in every state. (laughs) Tell us a little bit. You've mentioned town meetings a couple of times. For our listeners who don't live in a state that has town meetings, Tell us a little bit about what that looks like.
1: Sure. So Town Meeting Day in Vermont is run very differently depending on where you live. For a lot of the towns, they vote on an Australian ballot, which is the ballot that most voters are accustomed to. And they can vote on anything from local budgets to their mayor to their city councilors. really you name it. But then there are other towns who vote on the floor, so people who are present at town meeting day, give a, a voice vote of support for or against issues. And now those towns would, would not be able to adopt ranked choice in the way that they run their own elections because they're just doing it by voice. And if they wish to transition to ranked choice, they would need to adopt the Australian ballot before doing so. But there are a number of cities in the, in the state that already have that Australian ballot and would be ready to, to implement if they chose to.
0: It's actually a really good transition because one of the things that we work on here at the Resource Center is, you know, we really have to think through administration from the very beginning of a campaign because there are considerations um, that you may have to do something like pass an Australian ballot before you can actually implement ranked choice voting. So let's turn over to the frequently asked questions. I know you get lots of questions from legislators, probably some that are hard questions, some that are interesting questions, but tell me what are the most asked questions um, by lawmakers?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the number one, and they're thinking of their constituents and their voters is, do voters understand ranked choice voting? And the overwhelming and resounding answer is yes, as you know, you know, whether it's from Exit surveys or looking at the vote cast records and not seeing many mistakes on the ballot or speaking to voters as they exit polls time and time again, wherever ranked choice has been implemented. We see that voters really understand ranking candidates and the idea of ranking is something that we do every day in our daily lives. And that's something that's been really effective for us, just kind of explaining that to, to legislators in addition to those hard data points from where it's been used across the country, but also explaining, you know, this is not a new or uh, uncommon idea. It's very natural for humans to have a range of preferences and to know what they want first. And if they can't have that one, then, you know, they have some backup choices or opinions as well.
0: You're exactly right. And I always use the Ben and Jerry's ice cream, which I believe is a home state Vermont thing. If they don't have tonight day, when I go to the grocery store, I'm probably going to get, you know, Chunky Monkey or some other kind. If they don't have that, I'll go to Cherry Garcia. Um, I think we underestimate voters when we when we think they don't understand that.
1: That's absolutely right. And and by the way, the right answer was Cherry Garcia.
0: Oh, well, <laughs> I do, I do like Jerry Garcia, also, <laughs> but my favorite's tonight. though. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but you raise a really good point, and we we have uh, collaborated with Ben and Jerry's on a number of occasions. For this most recent implementation of ranked choice in Burlington for city council elections, we teamed up with them and promoted a mock ranked choice voting election through uh, Ranked Vote Co. Um, with Ben and Jerry's ice cream flavors, and. Um, we promoted it by saying anyone who participated in that election would be able to go to the Ben and Jerry's ice cream shop in Burlington and receive a free scoop of the winning flavor uh, the day before Election Day. Um, so that, that was a great, really fun kind of example. And then one of the co-sponsors of the bill actually did a similar demonstration in their caucus. They brought a, a paper ballot with ranked choice and then also an online option using Ben and Jerry's ice cream flavors and allowed their peers to to use the system. And this is something that I've learned from the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center. It's when you get the RCV ballot in front of people, it's the best way to, to teach them on what it is, how it works. And once they see it, it kind of uh, removes a lot of that fear of the unknown. And then they can realize that it, it is pretty simple to understand.
0: Absolutely. And I feel like if you ever need... Assistance from the resource center in person when you're doing a Ben & Jerry's um, event. Just give us a holler. I'm happy to come up to Vermont, so <laughs> I would love that. As a matter of fact, so are there any questions that catch you off guard or that you're surprised by the questions um, asked by legislators?
1: One of the big things is for uh, clerks and uh, running the election at the municipal level, and you know what kind of burdens would fall on them. Also, what it would mean to run the ranked choice voting election statewide, both Maine and Alaska, they consolidate their ballots. You know, what does that mean for timing and the the change of the certification of the votes? And those are some really, really important questions. And that was a main reason why lawmakers, the secretary of state and the clerks association felt that 2024 was not possible. So that's why they moved the date to 2028 and then created this summer study group consisting of lawmakers, secretary of state, a bunch of municipal clerks, some election organizations to really hone in and focus on what are the needs of all the key stakeholders to implement ranked choice voting for 2026 or or any other statewide election. And that way, you know they can really dig into those details and then come back next year with a bill with all those details laid out and refine what those those needs are.
0: Yeah, definitely um, interesting. And, and I think that the study group avenue is something that other states also are doing. It does help all the stakeholders involved feel comfortable with the next steps and what's happening. So let's talk a little bit about how did you use the resources that we have here at the resource center to help with the work that you're doing in Vermont.
1: The Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center has been a huge help to all of the work that we've been doing here in Vermont, uh, whether that's in Burlington or the statewide effort. And I guess going back to the fall, Burlington was supposed to implement and use Ranked Choice for city council elections in March of 2023. But then a city councilor resigned and they had to host a special election back in December. And that kind of caught the city council and the clerks association a bit off guard because it, it sped up the timeline for implementation and they weren't really prepared for that. And in addition to not only running the election and you know the machinery and the software and the rest of it, but the city council also needed to pass a host of ordinances. To figure out the sub methods for calculating the vote, consolidating the ballots, et cetera. and the Range Choice Voting Resource Center was extremely helpful, helping the city council navigate that process. You know, explaining what the best practices are, what that would mean for the clerks, and how you conduct elections, and so forth. And then beyond that, the Range Choice Voting Resource Center has been an incredible resource for just voter education and clerk education. You know, whether it's Chris and uh, all of his policy knowledge and and Ryan as well and Ryan actually came up for that special election in December and kind of helped the the clerk make sure that that everything ran smoothly you know by his account they they did a really great job and there's no question that it, it wouldn't have been possible without the help of the resource center so thank you guys again for for all your help here in Vermont
0: Well, thank you for the the kind words, and um, our policy department indeed does rock. They have a lot of knowledge, a lot of great information to share. We do work hard and put a lot of thought into um, making sure that we do have resources that are actionable, that you can use to help clerks to, to realize that this implementation is possible. It's not as hard as you think it is, and we're here to help with that transition.
1: And the one thing I'll note, both VPERG did our own voter education and the, the city of Burlington did their own set of voter education. And I'm pretty sure a lot of what the city of Burlington included on their voter education was right from RCVRC's website. So it definitely made a strong impression in Burlington.
0: Well I'm glad to hear that. And we actually have some new resources. Feel free to share them out. We we did a couple of explainer videos that can really help voters understand better uh, what, what RCV is, how to mark the ballot. And then we, of course, we have one for single winner and proportional winner. And you know, jurisdictions or organizations like yours are welcome to put them directly on your website too. So um, we want them to be used and, and um, you know for voter education. That actually makes me think of another question. Are there questions that could have been or that are avoided by messaging, or are there just some questions that are going to come up regardless of what people hear, what legislators hear in terms of education?
1: I mean I think one of the most common issues or questions that come up is the complexity of it. And so in all of our messaging, you know, we, we, we say like this is a simple and effective reform and just kind of like remind people that when you overthink it, it will become complicated. But when you just look at it for what it is, it's a really understandable system. You know, we basically do that in any runoff election and voters are accustomed to that. But this is just happening instantly. So that's a big thing. There was certainly a lot of questions in Burlington about whether voters needed to rank all of the candidates or if they just liked one or two of them. Could they just do that? And we kind of knew that going in, speaking with our members, you know, what are some of your questions? And we included that in a lot of our our voter education materials that it could be best practice to, to rank all the candidates. But if you only feel strongly about a few, you can rank as many or as few as you'd like.
0: Yeah, and that's true in any election, um, plurality or ranked choice voting. You have a choice as a voter and your intent, whether you vote for someone or not, is the choice of the voter. Did you have much discussion of or questions about cost or or fiscal questions?
1: Uh, We definitely did for the the statewide bill. It originated with a, a pretty large appropriation sum to help the secretary of state's office upgrade equipment and implement this. But when we realized that 2024 wasn't the way to go and that we would get a better process through a summer study committee, they're also going to be talking about the numbers and the budget necessary to implement this. So that would be a part of next year's bill, looking at some of the, you know, the the sub methods and the tabulation needed. So there's a small appropriation fee in S thirty two, the presidential primary bill, to help municipal clerks do voter education and implement for their local elections, as well as uh, a very small de minimis amount for the a stipend for the summer study committee.
0: Great. And, and yeah, that that is one of the the questions that seems to come up a lot um, in jurisdictions that are looking to implement. But some of the things that they have to do in the jurisdiction are things that really probably should be done anyway, like upgrading equipment. You know, we see people still using legacy equipment in some places. I don't know if that's true in Vermont. That really needs to be the most up to date in your election processes. You know, you need to do that anyway. So but that often comes up when you're trying to make a change.
1: Yeah. And we have a a new secretary of state that was elected this year and the previous administration made it a a point to upgrade their elections uh, tabulators prior to when he left office. And he was a a ranked choice voting supporter. And when he was a a senator in the state legislature, uh, he had sponsored many bills and he had made sure that tabulators that the state bought were compatible with ranked choice so that if we chose to, in the future, adopt it, we could. And our current Secretary of State, Sarah copeland Hansis, has been really supportive of ranked choice voting and she's been a great ally. But one of the remaining questions is, we have a number of, of hand count towns in the state, but that's not unique. Uh, Maine and Alaska both have a number of hand count towns and they cover a much larger geographical area than Vermont does. But it is something that we're going to have to figure out and you know what is the the best way to deal with those hand-count towns. And that'll all be addressed in the the Summer Study Committee.
0: Absolutely. So you mentioned Maine, um, also a New England state with statewide RCV. Do you feel like that has factored into your advocacy efforts or into this, you know, move toward RCV for Vermont?
1: Yeah, I mean, Maine is very similar to Vermont in terms of geography and you know, truth be told, you know one of the the best witnesses that came in on the statewide presidential primary bill was Maine Secretary of State Shanna Bellows. She came in on the Senate side and really walked the committee through the process of, you know, this is what Maine did, this is how we did it. These are all the steps we've made to make sure that the election is secure and transparent, and that those ballots are handled properly. And in the House, they they haven't heard from Secretary Bellows yet, but. I know that the chair is considering having the secretary in, and she definitely had a lot of wisdom to, to share with Vermont, and we were very grateful to to have her support. And then additionally, one other way that the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center teamed up with us here at VPERG was back in December before the session started, we wanted to connect some of Vermont's clerks with clerks from Maine. Who had experienced using ranked choice voting to help answer some of the questions that Vermont clerks had, um, and that was a, a really useful exercise. And I, I think that it helped illuminate certain things for Vermont clerks, and you know realize that yes, this can absolutely be done, and that it isn't a, a huge lift, but that there are substantial changes that need to be made, and we want to do them carefully and with enough time to. You know, have voters feel really confident in the system. So it was really helpful, and I think it did help us get on a, a you know a better track uh, going forward.
0: Absolutely, we find that if you can get the clerks to understand the process, then you're much farther down the road because you know they're the ones who are actually boots on the ground doing the work. So we always ask this question at the end of the podcast in different ways and variations. Describe advice you would give to other advocates in the RCV space when introducing ranked choice voting legislation in three words or less.
1: Keep it simple.
0: Perfect. I love that. And, and I think you're you're very wise in those words. Sam, we appreciate you being a part of this podcast so much. And um, hopefully you've enjoyed being here also. We look forward to continuing to be a partner to you guys down the road as things heat
1: up with RCB in Vermont. So thank you. It's been a huge pleasure, Kelly. Thank you so much for for having me on. Uh, We're definitely not across the finish line yet here in Vermont. The presidential primary bill, S-32, got voted out of the Senate on a 23 to seven vote that had tripartisan support. So Democrats, Republicans, and progressives, Vermont has a, a third party. Um, and that's currently being discussed in the House. And we're expecting a vote on that in the in the coming weeks. And then it's to the governor's desk.
0: Well, we look forward to hearing the outcomes of that. So thank you so much. And um, we'll, we'll hopefully see you soon.
1: Thanks so much, Kelly. Take care.
0: And now for this month's final round, where we share an interesting bit of trivia, a useful tidbit, or just something we thought was cool for folks to know about Ranked Choice Voting. Here's our Executive Director, Rosemary Blizzard, with this month's final round. Did you know that the Streets and Engineering Division for the city of Madison, Wisconsin, held Ranked Choice Voting elections to name four of its snow plows this past winter? With over 3,000 ballots cast and 14 rounds of counting across all contests, Madison residents now have a quad axle brine truck named Saltimus Prime, a trackless bike path plow named Snoby Wan Kenobi, a double-wing plow truck named Dolly Plowton, and a loader with plow and wing named Seymour Pavement. This unique use of Ranked Choice Voting makes it this month's final round. Thank you for joining us today for our April 2023 RCV Clips episode produced by the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center. You can find our show anywhere you listen to podcasts. Make sure to subscribe to the show for the latest episodes and updates and take a minute to rate and review us on your favorite podcast platform. For more information about RCVRC and Ranked Choice Voting, check out our website at www.rcvresources.org. The production of this podcast is supported by the generosity of our donors. Donations can be made directly on the website. Don't hesitate to contact us with any donation questions at donate at rcbresources.org. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Resources and on Facebook and LinkedIn at Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at rcbrc. The theme music is Flutterby by Poddington Bayer. Until next time, I'm Kelly Sechrist on behalf of the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center.